Anchor FM is one of the best ways to make and distribute your podcasts. Their online creative tools can allow you to make your podcasts from home and on the go. Anchor will also help you get your podcast sponsored with no minimum listenership and help you make money while doing your podcast. And distribution is the easiest thing ever. I've used many different distribution sites. Anchor so far has been the best. And they can get you on every major distribution site out there. They can take your RSS feed, whether you're creating a new one or if you're just moving a show from another platform, sign up for Anchor at anchor.fm now. And when you get there, Make sure you pay attention to everything they tell you to do, and they'll help make your podcast great and help make you some money. Again, head on over to Anchor.fm now. Blog Talk Radio. Well, our intro seems to be taking its sweet time loading up after I hit play on it. <laughs> hey, there it is. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the host of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Well, after we got that little malfunction out of the way, I am Nate, and he is TR. It is episode 36 of Wide Men Can't Jump, our flagship program on Blog Talk Radio. Summer Legan had me a blast. See what I did there, TR, with that name? You see what I did there? Summer Legan. Having a blast. Having a blast. Beach Blast 90-something, you probably know. <laughs> Beach Blast 90. <laughs> was that what it was? Uh, I think so. Jesus, you were just born, uh, I guess? Probably probably about four months old, roughly. Which Holy coincidentally... Which coincidentally was when I went to like my first wrestling event was between four and six months old, somewhere around that range. I think you were making a sandcastle behind Sting and Vader and Davy Boy and <laughs> Here's the thing, Sid I wasn't Vicious, old enough to I think, know right? what a, I wouldn't even know what a sandcastle was at that age. Uh, you were advanced. I saw a little Nate Bush down there. I was advanced. <laughs> Well, TR, it is another another day, another Wednesday, and you and I have had the busiest of schedules this past week. What well, with me, I'm working a twelve hour, uh, twelve straight days at four in the morning uh, shift, and then you are back into the work world as well. Uh, you're no longer in between work; you are now working on a career, which we'll dive into eventually, but. Uh, we haven't really got to talk a lot this past week, truthfully. And I, I, I'm glad we get this time together, this two hours on Wednesday. I'm so glad we've had this time together. I think that's Cal Burnett. That's before your time, too. 
Would that be the Maybe, song I think that? Wouldn't that be the song that at the end of it, it, it would go like this? Happy trails to you until we meet again. Would that be that song? <laughs> could be could be along those lines, and then you have to uh, grab your left ear, I believe. But anyway, yeah. Tim Conway was a physical comedic genius in those. In he, that was era. And, uh, he was amazing. He was amazing. Uh, the whole cast was, you know, was good for its time. Um, but anyway, we started off all over the place. Beach class. Yeah, we've hit everything but basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's something we should maybe talk about. Um, do you have anything to speak on that's uh, pressing at the well, moment? I wanted to ask you, um, the Sixers have been making moves, and we usually start with some Sixers-Wolves talk. Um, I got a little something on my walls, but go ahead and give me what you think so far of your 76ers this off season. And what's the local Philadelphia market saying? Uh, I'm back in the goddamn car and I'm here on sports talk radio. And, you know, I like some of those guys, uh, the Von Givens we've, I've been reaching out to since we started and our schedules, but now that we have the ability to pre-tape, I hope we can get him because he's like one of those guys like Keith Pompey and Tom Moore, one of the good guys in the city that covers hoops. Uh, but the shows are dominated with these callers that are just like, uh, yeah, Kawhi's one of the best three. I don't see the problem getting rid of Sarge. You start Fultz. You start Kawhi, uh, fuck you, you dumb fucks. I'm back to episode one of last year, telling you like it is. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> is a fucking, we've, we've talked to San Antonio people. We've talked to Philadelphia people. Kawhi Leonard is a fucking moron. He's fu- he, he hasn't said two words because he's fucking stupid. He listens to everything from his uncle he hasn't played a quality minute in the NBA since 2016 when Zaza Pachulia busted up his ankle. He's always playing with Tim Duncan and fucking Manu Ginobili and under Popovich and Parker and you name it. And now he's the guy. In 2016, he's the third player because he's two-way player. Well, he ain't did shit since then. And guess what Giannis did? He got better. Guess what fucking James Harden did? He got better. He won an MVP. Russell Westbrook got better, and he won an MVP. He ain't even in the top fucking ten. Fuck him. Fuck Fultz. Fuck Fultz's uh, family friend and uh, his new hairdo out there in Vegas, but he finds time to leave uh, or Los Angeles. I'm sorry. Finds time to leave Los Angeles, get his stupid hairdo. He's so dumb, I think he has Asperger's, and I'm not even trying to – <laughs> Make a joke. I think he really has fucking mental issues. Yeah, fucking uh, fake-ass shoulder bullshit. The city doesn't comprehend that he missed 68 games last year. He played two good games. One ended up in a triple-double off the bench because they were up about 50 points against the tanking team. And these fucking morons think that he's still Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Markel Fultz after he proved that he's half nuts and he's not as good. 
You got 80-year-old J.J. Reddick. Sorry, J.J., but you know you're not a fucking 40-minute player. Oh, these dummies. And and then I read something like, we might have to, uh, you know, squeeze in T.J. McConnell in the 15th spot if we can because of the excitement of about Jonah Bolden. Hey, Jonah Bolden can suck my cock. Fucking, <laughs> it's, it's all this goddamn Brett Brown with uh, – Granted, Colangelo with his Twitter burner dumb shit. And I don't dislike these individuals. I hope to, you know, I hope them, I wish them all well. But if you put Markel Fultz and Kawhi Leonard and his family friend and Kawhi's uncle in the same, both missed 60 plus games last year, maybe 70 for Kawhi, you put these two boneheads in the same locker room, how's Ben going to grow? Because these two don't fucking talk. You lead by example. If it's 2016 and he comes over then, I'll be like, yeah, shit, yeah. I ain't getting rid of Sarge for them or for him. If you get faults in there, I'll take a shot for one year with that dumb fuck Kawhi. But he ain't going to make Ben better. He ain't going to make Joel Embiid better because he don't talk. What's he going to do? Hold a, like To quote Bobby Blaze, uh, get a mime to come in and fucking uh, do that for him in a locker room to psych them up. Philadelphia fans, you're fucking morons. You fell for the hanky shit, and you still wear those stupid shirts and say that stupid saying that wasn't even his, isn't even Joel Embiid's. Trust the process. We were a second-round team before you guys blew it up. Trust the process? Well, exactly, you big dumb fuck. Keep fucking playing in the sand and twist your ankle and go down water slides too. They're for they're not for normal people, not seven foot eight fucking freaks of nature. Anyhow, take some insurance out on that son of a bitch. Uh, the whole team's fucked up. They they won fifty two games. You got Furkan Korkmaz who they've stashed on the bench. He's always had that potential. He drops forty in the summer league, and. He's basically a six-seven Marco Bellinelli. He can fucking light it up. He can go on hot streaks at eight, eight for ten, nine for twelve from three. And guess what? When Jason Tatum yeah. isolates on him, dunk. When Giannis does, dunk. DeRozan, dunk. Hell, Owen Depot. What's he? Six foot. If they switch, maybe six dunk. one, six two. Yeah, even go to Charlotte if they keep Kemba Walker. I like Furcon. I mean, Furcon could be great if the coach knew how to utilize his players in the right spaces. This notion to get rid of TJ, it isn't a popular notion. It's just like they they put these Zaire Smith, this phenomenal athletic rookie. He ain't phenomenal. He's athletic. They hit the nail on the head with Kevin Knox. They like Kevin Knox and Zaire out of the workouts. Well, they didn't get Kevin Knox. They got Mikael Bridges. And they they fucked that up, too. They just, on the record right now, with Kawhi, without, with this batch, if there's not like a Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum type, something that some team wants to blow up and throws for six or somebody unexpectedly, they won 52 games. They will not reach that next year, and they will be 
fifth seed unless something happens between now and the regular season. Well, there's um, here's my thing with the Sixers. And we talked about T.J. McConnell. He was the basically their backup point guard last year with Fultz not really playing. So Fultz is coming back. Does that move him all the way down to not playing? How do you have a guy like that and not play him? I mean, it, it makes no sense to me why you would do such a thing. Um, are you trying yeah. to tell me that these guys coming off the bench are better than T.J. McConnell and need to, to play over him? Uh, that just doesn't add up, man. Just does not add up. You lost Illy. You lose Ilyasova. You lose Bellinelli. You basically got the same team. You, you add Zaire Smith and Wilson Chandler. Are you trying to tell me that they are going to hop in front of one um, T.J. McConnell? I just, it, I'm not seeing that. I'm really, I'm just not. It's not a correct thing to do, but that's that's the projections everywhere I've seen. I mean, the guy does nothing but defy everybody's criticisms. Maybe maybe it's intentional to get him to fucking uh, go even higher because uh, he's fucking the best player in Pennsylvania out of Pittsburgh in high school, by far. Can't get a big school because uh, he's six. He's listed as 6'2". He's probably six foot. Six foot white guy can't dunk. What are we going to do with him? Ah, well, it's, uh, it gets an offer from Duquesne, destroys at Duquesne, and then uh, all of a sudden Arizona, uh, whatever that coach's name is, escapes me right now, the one that's always in trouble uh, for Aiton. Yeah. Sean, Sean Miller. Yeah, Sean, Sean Miller. Miller brings him in. He, he runs the offense and gets to the fucking Elite Eight with Aaron Gordon, and uh, he even made that uh, the, uh, big Polish guy. Tarzuski. Tarzuski yeah. at center, Aaron Gordon. He had uh, uh, the kid from Chester, which is right around my way, uh, uh, Hollis Jefferson. I mean, he put yeah, those Hollis. guys in position. He was the guy. And ignored again, not drafted. And I, I get that. I get that part, you know. A six-foot guy, even though he's, you know, got great potential, overachieved. I get that when he's, you know, 19 years old or whatever. He might have been a little older because he stayed. But then he gets invited, and he barely makes the team because Brett Brown says he reminds him of himself. He does nothing but bust his balls, uh, diving floors. You know, we went through this too many times on this show. And just every yeah. time, uh, the first the first time Joel Embiid played, they went on a, a ten game win streak that first season before he got re injured again, and Dario Sarge, et cetera, <clears throat> et cetera. Uh, both said T.J. McConnell's our MVP. Uh, they only won ten games, granted, but you got also ahead of him is uh, Timotei Lau Cabarro, who's yeah, done, that that I don't see. He's done as much for the Sixers as I have. Justin Anderson is, I mean. <laughs> Jared Bayless. J- well, Bayless is, I think, on the rankings, he was like 14 or, and uh, uh, TJ was 15 or vice versa. But that's putting, no one that are they're. Putting, uh, are they putting uh, Rashawn Holmes ahead of him and, and guys like that? And, and Amir Johnson? Yep. Those yep. guys should not be playing over him. I would play. I would play uh, McConnell over Robert Covington. He brings more to uh, I, the team. You know, they're down three zero, going into Game Four in Boston. 
every time he's in in those games, his little spurts, we we went through his plus minuses every fucking game. He shut down Rozier, made Rozier look like shit. Then all of a sudden, he did. got to check Ben in and get him ready for the future. And Ben would get blown by and shoot the three because you do a little deke and Ben somewhere else and the switches and ugh. and people will listen and say, well, yeah, he's you know he's a hustler, but you can't be like. Uh. No, I'm not saying he's a fucking all-star, you dumb fucks, if you're interpreting it that way. I'm, I'm saying he's a valuable player to this team. He should be 7-8 on the roster, may, uh, at the least 9. If Fultz improves, which would take uh, Dr. Shelby from WWE, for one, uh, <laughs> a, a half a year of Prozac, fucking uh, maybe some uh, shock therapy, that Roseanne Barr allegedly had uh, in the in eighties, something to get his his news. That goofball behind Luka Doncic, who may be the next fucking Dirk Nowitzki of uh, you know as far as impact of a Euro player. He's behind them fucking photobombing them in a summer league exclusive interview, making stupid faces. Yeah, he can't that. even fucking shoot. The dude can't shoot. They had him shooting 100 shots from five feet to make the weirdo learn how to shoot again. He was cleared by doctors, waited just on his own, on advice from his family friend. Oh, something's wrong with your shoulder, even though doctors can't find it. And then he decided, oh, shit, we're on a win streak. We're doing good. I feel better. Wow. This is great. (laughs) Wild how that works. And I have mental illness myself, if you can't fucking tell. But, I, you know, I admit it. I take a little something-something for anxiety, depression, and I, I go on with my business. This fucking giant forehead motherfucker. Oh, my God. Kidding can't play, they should call him, with that kidding play haircut. <laughs> kidding won't play. That fucking dork. The reason I get in these moods is because of the idiots in this city. They're so fucking stupid and gullible. And I don't know if it's like this in every city. I know it's here in Philly and New York. And Philly has two your main markets are gonna Your big markets are always going to be that way, I think. The, the maestro, meaning the guy in our spot, the hosts, will set up a narrative. Like, you could come up tonight and say, hey, TR, uh, let's get a lot of callers. Uh, and say that Jimmy Butler is an underachiever since you're the T-Wolves guy. Okay, Nate, and then the second hour, I'll say, uh, I don't know, uh, J.J. Redick uh, is a 20-point-a-game scorer in year year 16. And they set these uh, idiotic narratives, and then they take calls, and and the ones that want to be in with the host go, yeah, I agree with you, man. I'm sorry, I'm doing a black guy. Okay. I, hey, I Clearly. agree with you, man. Uh, you know, whoever. But we get a lot of these call after call, and then a dispute would be like, no, I mean, I think you should package your uh, – Sarge ain't going to be nothing, man. He's just a player. You know, what? He's in his third fucking year. He improves every year. His shot improves. His rebounding improves. His assists improve. 
Got a little to do on a defense, but he's a scrapper down low. He'll fight his way through that. He's a diamond in a rough. You want to get rid of him for a mental case who hasn't been on the court since 2016? Fuck that. And even man. then, you're talking about a guy who may or may not be there for the future because he's not yeah, guaranteed he's going to be signed. Like, the, the you know, dude, you, dude you wants to go to L.A. Well, in, in his defense, Paul George said the same thing. So, but he think could of end up in guys, LA. He, that's true. Think of those two personalities. Kawhi says two words in, in his history in San Antonio for whatever. I don't even know what the words were, but that's what several people say. He doesn't speak uh, publicly. <clears throat> Paul George has a documentary documenting his road to free agency. They're different personalities. Paul George is very personable and very just. They're both L.A. guys, but, I mean, yeah. you know, Paul George and him are like night and day, man. And uh, that dude, uh, wherever he ends up for the one-year rental is just, I hope not here. Uh, I'd rather well, go in. I hope the, I hope the kid Landry Shamet, his ankle's okay. I hope that's just a little precautionary thing because he looked like he had some zip to him and he, uh, pulling up for some threes off, you know, off the screen and whatnot. And cut that roster down to 15. Get rid of that TLC. I kind of like Justin Anderson's toughness. He's got a little bit of that crazy in him. I don't know uh, which 15, but uh, just make sure uh, O'Connell. McConnell's still on the (laughs) damn team. Uh, Make sure Ben Simmons gets the fuck out of the the, the Kardashian curse and fucking shoots the ball. Shoot from 10 feet at least. You don't have to do threes next year fucking rookie of the year. He's like 29. Donovan Mitchell's like 15 and played better except fucking stupid passes. Oh, boy, I can do a look-away pass. What are you, fucking Pete Maravich without the talent? Fuck you, too, Ben Simmons. (laughs) Oh, I love doing look-away passes when I'm two foot from the rim. Oh, shit, I got to shoot? I'm doubled? One point, Ben Simmons. One point in a pivotal playoff game. Rookie of the year. One point. Step it uh-huh. up. And it's all Brett Brown. It's all Brett Brown and his little minions that are still around. They should have hired when they got rid of Colangelo, they should have hired a basketball guy. Brett Brown can go and do his little coaching. Get the basketball guy. I mean I'm starting to like the, you turn me on a little bit to the Chandler and I looked a little bit more into Wilson Chandler. And he will be a guy. That that will lead these guys, and yeah, you know, I think Amir he, he brings and, and a, he brings a good uh, a good role for that team in Philly. Um, Chandler adds scoring depth on the wing, which honestly I don't think you get with Robert Covington when he when he's playing. And I think that Dario is more comfortable at the four playing beside Embiid, it's a stretch four instead of at the three. Yeah. So you're kind of missing a wing player there. And I think adding Wilson Chandler and keeping him while keeping guys like TJ McConnell, because McConnell could actually come in and play the can play the two if necessary, because he's good enough to get the ball and create his own shot when necessary. Yeah. Um, he's not – I'll be honest, he's not as good at faults as getting to the basket, creating his own shot. But the dude – at the two-guard position, you could have him shut down any shooting guard in the league that's going to take over. So I think Chandler adds some depth Absolutely. there that this team needed. 
Yeah, and I, I can make a prediction now in the fucking summer that once Chan, like if Chandler has that, Chandler's a more talented, obviously, Trevor Booker. And if he starts, like, you know, Trevor used to, like, beat up on Embiid in practice. But it wasn't to be an adversary. It was to toughen the kid up. And yeah. all of a sudden, guess who's gone? Trevor Booker. I bet you mm-hmm. when Ben Simmons starts not shooting, Markel, whatever he does with his weird self, if they're on the team, if all this roster stays the same, and uh, and B decides to not keep it high and keep it low, and people, you know, after they watch tapes of his, you know, explosions, they realize that he keeps the ball low, and they slap it out of his hands. So when he starts, you know, pointing these things out in the locker room and, you know, saying, you know, trying to pump them up, the two prima donnas will probably go, hey, uh, I don't know who they'll go to if the general manager is different by then. This guy's a pain in our ass. we got to move him because he's trying to make him better. Um, I guarantee it. If, if, he, if they don't do what they're supposed to do as far as what their talent should be doing, Chandler's the kind of guy who'll say, hey, man, step it up. Yo, you got to shoot, man. I got two guys on me, and you got a layup or a dunk, dude. Forget your 10th assist. Dunk this shit. And forget your triple doubles. Think of the W, the win. And, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, if he gets – if he brings that little fire to them, you know, I don't see either of the two prima donnas listening to him. I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong on this one. But I bet he'll be moved out of here quick if, if, if they don't listen, if they don't feel like listening, if they're above it. That's all. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Fifth so, seed this year. That's what I predict. Hmm. I've I've still got him in the top four in the East, uh, depending on what happens. But uh, I'll tell you, the East when Cleveland went down, the East has improved um, somewhat uh, in terms of lo- at least looking interesting. There's at least five teams, five to six teams in the East that are going to be really tough this year. Now, granted, the West is clearly top-heavy, and nobody's going to compete with Golden State this year. We've already basically, you know, handed them the title, uh, which is fine. Uh, but it's still fun to um, to look at. And I'll, I'm predicting, you know, your teams are going to be like Toronto. And this is before free agency has even ended. So Toronto, I think, will get better. Right, because um, right, the mental, they the mental block is gone. Yeah. Yeah, LeBron's gone, so that's going to help them. They re-signed Fred Van Fleet to, a, I think it was two years, $18 million. I'm going to pull my free agency tracker up here. I've been kind of keeping an eye on that. Um, Toronto has his improved. Sister, go ahead. Sorry, his sister Greta's playing some good music these days, but go ahead. Uh, that one's over my head. <laughs> you never heard of Greta Van Fleet? I have not. Check her out. She does like a modern okay. day Zeppelin from a chick from a chick perspective. Oh, okay. I'll check it out then. Uh, but uh, they re-signed Van Fleet, and there's been Indiana's been one of the off-season winners as far as I'm concerned. They bring in Tyreek Evans um, to Indianapolis. They also added. Yeah, it was a great move for them. That's a position they needed. They added Kylo Quinn. 
uh, who's going to beat move. them up down low. That's a good move for them. Uh, they added Doug McDermott. That's more shooting for them. So Indiana's going to be tough. Uh, they're going to be not going to be an easy out this coming year. I think Indiana's going to and they didn't sneak up into that. Go ahead. They didn't lose anybody key, did they? No. They still have Oladipo. So, they still have uh, Collison. They still Collison. have Miles Turner. Yeah, they have all those guys yeah. still. Yeah, they have everybody. The, the prim, tell me the prima donna Sixers and the, and the, the rest of the crew are, are, are you know, uh, basically uh, an international team. You throw, spin the globe and, and point, and you'll find one of their players. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Don't get me back on that. I'm not but, sure. So now you just. I'm not sure if they kept Thaddeus Young or not. I'm not sure if they kept yeah, Thaddeus they Young or not. Uh, they they did. did lose Lance Stevens. They did lose Lance Stevenson. Um, they did lose okay. him this year. Uh, they added, like I said, they added McDermott. Um, so Indiana, they they lose one guy, but they add three really quality guys. Uh, good shooting. Good defense, and they're just really beefing up that front line that they have with O'Quinn. I think O'Quinn is going to be a sleeper addition for them. So uh, good on Indiana. And Milwaukee got better. They added Brooke Lopez, which most people are saying, Brooke Lopez, Nate, God, what a stupid – no, 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 no. For that team, that addition is huge. They finally have a guy down low that's not named John Henson who can really play. He can stretch. He can shoot a mid-range jump shot. He's got post moves. He's a little bit older. But down low, Brooke Lopez can dominate on the post when need be, and he's a good player. People forget how good Brooke Lopez was because he was in Brooklyn on maybe one of the worst teams you'd ever see. But he was good. And yes, he I think was. he's going to bring he's going to bring a lot of a lot to that Milwaukee Bucks team and that they still have Middleton, Brogdon, um they got Bledsoe, they took Tony Snell. From us. They got Ilya Sova back. They've got Brooke Lopez now. Like that team, and they finally got a coach. They finally have a coach who can coach, not a former big name player. So I think that's that's going to help them even more. And I don't think you agree with me, but they got my sleeper rookie of the year, my Donovan Mitchell type guy, and Dante Divincenzo. I'm not as high on Divincenzo. However, given the system he's in, I think he can. Um, I think he will be able to show what he can do in Milwaukee. I will say that yep. about him. I think he's going to be able to play. And because he's not coming into a role where he's going to have to start and prove himself and make immediate impact, he's going to improve and he's going to learn. And that's going to help him in the long run. Um, but Washington improves. If, Gian- Washington- if, Gian- if Giannis stays injury-free, I, I'm, I'm just going to make like one point here and there and let you finish. No, go ahead. If go ahead. Giannis... I said this off air to you, but it's your fault that I had to look further into Giannis because I thought he was more <laughs> flashed, more sizzle than steak, as they say, as the great Jim yeah. Ross would say. Uh, <clears throat> Giannis, this is a way early prediction. Health permitted, health permitting MVP next year. It's possible. Um, Giannis is a guy who, um, if he's healthy, He's honestly one of the top fantasy basketball projected guys, so I can't argue with that. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna tear it up, I think, with this team around him. I think if the Bucks are gonna make a move into that top two or three teams in the East, this is the year. If they don't keep Giannis and get rid of everybody, it's time because uh, you gotta yeah. you gotta build. 
if you can't do it this year with what you got this year, it's t- it's time to blow it up. So I think uh, even with a new coach, you got to do something. At least show signs of improvement. Get from a seven to a four. If you can go from a seven seed to a four seed in the East this year, uh, keep it together, and maybe next year you make a run. Possibilities, but without, um, without without those three additions, they took Boston to seven games last year. He well, doesn't remember mind. without the. <clears throat> Without the additions of Indiana, made uh, they took uh, Cleveland to seven. Cleveland. Yeah, I mean the the team that went to the NBA Finals, they took them to seven. So Indiana, I I really I really like what Indiana's done in the off season. And I talked with uh, Robin Lundberg. We're gonna play that interview a little later. Um, in case anybody doesn't know, Robin Lundberg is from Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports, and was actually formerly a co-host of First and Last with Mike Golick Jr. Uh, we talked. I got to talk to him the other day for about 15 minutes, and we talked about Indiana. And you'll hear our conversation on that. Um, but uh, Washington has improved. They added Austin Rivers, got rid of Martin Gortat. They signed Dwight Howard, which I think was a, a good move as far as I'm concerned. Adding him, uh, he's going to be a big guy underneath. And people were like, well, Dwight Howard's not the Dwight Howard of old. And you're right, he's not. But in, he had showed some signs of being able to play at a high level in Charlotte. I know firsthand, I went to Charlotte, and he put up 20-20 and 20 against Carl Anthony Towns. Now, granted, Carl uh, Anthony Towns isn't exactly the greatest defender, uh, but Dwight Howard has the ability to get better and to improve his game. And he won't get back to that level he was at, but he was able to – he can at least improve – the Wizards also added Jeff Green, which I I was against. I do not like the addition of Jeff Green. Uh, I'll be the first person to tell anybody that will that will listen that do not like that addition. Too many bad shots, uh, too ball dominant, ball stops. He's basically mellow without the highlight reel. Uh, don't like Jeff Green on that squad. Uh, I think you need to. I think they need to move. I've been a proponent of this. They need to keep Kelly Oubre. They need to move Otto Porter. Get rid of that inflated contract and try and add some depth at the wing. But I think Washington's going to be improved this year. So the East is not going to be – I think the East is going to be more interesting to watch than the West just because the West, to me, has already been decided. And we haven't even talked about the Celtics. No, no, we haven't. And that's the thing. They added um, They added the young guard from uh, – or not the young guard. They added the the young power forward Robert Williams out of Texas A and M in the draft, and you know all these teams yeah. got decent draft player draft picks. Uh, Washington got Troy Brown. Um, there's just a lot of there's just so much improvement going on around the league. Uh, but uh, one thing, one thing I do want to address here with free agency. Um, interesting note here: Clint Capella, Tr. I want to bring this up. I'm not really going to talk too much about my Wolves here. In, Today, we I've already got an interview scheduled next week. Hopefully, he'll be on the show live with uh, John Krawinski, who is the head Wolves reporter. Um, he's supposed to join us next week, I'm hoping. Cool. So, we shall cool. see. But um, Clint Capella, restricted free agent. The Rockets made an offer of uh, four years, $60 million. Have you read what Capella said? No, what did he say? Capella's looking for more like four years, a hundred million dollars was his answer to that. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Capella's a good player, but 
I don't think Clint Capella is worth $100 million. I really don't. I don't think he's worth Plus that much dude, money. The dude benefited from a lot of attention on Paul and, and Harden. Well, yeah. And, uh, even, even the Trevor Reeses and the Gordons of the world that were draining threes the as well. Should the offseason for Houston not be going any worse? Like, they are having an awful, yeah. awful offseason. They wanted to make a run. Uh, they tried to re-sign Ariza. He went to Phoenix. Phoenix signed Ariza. Let me find that that contract there. I had it pulled up a second ago. Ariza signed with Phoenix for one year, $15 million. So he's keeping his options open for 2019. But Houston, uh, Capella wants more money. That <laughs> Houston just, I don't understand how they're going to do it. Uh, they're going to sign James Ennis. Uh, so get excited for that, I suppose. But um, yeah. they're trying to make a run for Carmelo Anthony, and yeah. I, I do. Take him. I don't like that. I don't like that for Houston. He goes against everything that they do, and apparently Capella's turned down the big offer. They want Carmelo now. Um, I'm not. I'm not. And Ariza left. It's not a horrible, horrible thing to lose him, but Luke Rashad Mbamute has left as well. He is going yep. to the Clippers. He signed a deal with the Clippers. If I can find his deal here, he signed a one-year deal with the Clippers, so they've lost him. Um, they're just losing guys that were key in what they were doing last year, and if Capella doesn't sign that deal, he's got a one-year deal left, and he can walk next year, and that Houston team can implode just like the Golden State team, we think will at least lose two players of their five that they have right now next season, so if not more. So the West could be changing. This could be the last year we see the Rockets and the Warriors really have a, a hand on the throat of the Western Conference. For sure, I think. I think I think the Warriors are 100%. And I think the Rockets, if, if Capella – there were a few teams, I, I, they slipped my mind as to who were very interested. Uh, but if there's still money available and he's he's laughing at $60 million, you never know. That's the thing. I don't know how many people are going to throw four years, $100 million at a guy who was the third best player on his team. Uh, that yeah. doesn't make sense. Like, how many third options do you know that are getting 100 Well, never mind, Andrew Wiggins. But, uh... Uh. <laughs> I'll just sit here and shut up. Uh, <laughs> well, TR, we've been out of here for about 40 minutes. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. All right, we'll be right back. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by new law offices. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways? That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, Call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084. 
or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions. Well, another thing we forgot to mention about the Indiana Pacers, you remember who they drafted? Uh, the other good. holiday brother. The other holiday yes. brother. <laughs> Man. Uh, the third, the third, Hawks. Uh, Go ahead. Is that a record? Is that a record to have three active brothers in the NBA? Uh, probably. Uh, Justin and Drew were both in the league. Um, you know, Brooke and Robin Lopez, obviously twins, played in the league at the same time. Um Zellners or something, and white. Yeah, the and white couple of them Travis white boys. But there wasn't three of them. No, there was just two. Uh, maybe the um, the Plumleys. There was. That's I think there was three Plumleys. Yeah, uh, was it Miles? Miles Plumley, uh, Mason, Mason Plumley, and there's another one that I can't remember at the moment. Ah well, hell, I don't know. he wasn't very good then. Uh, that's going to yeah. drive me crazy. Miles Plumley, Mason Plumley, and then I swear there's another one, uh, but I can't remember right offhand. Um, was Travis and Bo Outlaw related? Were they brothers or were they like cousins or something? Maybe two of them. I can't remember right offhand. Um, uh, I think they were well, related. Thaneus, well, Thaneus Guinness and, um, Costas Antetokounmpo are all three drafted. They're not all three in the league, but they've all been drafted. After Giannis, I, I, who ended up with the, the Costas after the Sixers took him and dealt him? <laughs> Did they deal him? Yeah, the Sixers I didn't think they picked him 60 and got, they got rid of him right away because they're idiots. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I'll have to look that up. Whoever, I thought the Sixers still had him. I never got him. I just wait on him like Milwaukee let let Giannis, uh, you know, grow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me. Uh, I'm actually going to look this up because it it may be Detroit. Looks like Dallas. Unless, I think Dallas got him. Yeah, Dallas uh, did get boy. him. It's a perfect. You know, spot that's another for him team just really. That's another team that's really been improving. Old background Josh Brown will uh he hates DeAndre Jordan. He hated the move to sign Jordan. He hated that. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I mean, DeAndre Jordan's not a bad player, but he remembers DeAndre Jordan backing out of the uh the deal with um a few years back. So he still right. got he's still a little sour about that one. Well, uh, you know, I, I can see that because Lob City was in its in its heyday then, and now yeah. it's kind of. But, but Blake Griffin, he, he just can't even jump anymore. He's taking like three pointers and. Well, you know, he's uh, a. Blake Griffin's really had to change the way he plays. That's what happens, man. You get these young athletic guys, and as they get older, they have to change the way they play. Like look at guys like Dwayne yeah. Wade. Dwayne Wade had to adapt. And learn how to play a, a different style, and uh, just learn how to be a different kind of player. You can rely on athleticism your first few years in the league, but if you have injuries or anything like that, you got to change the way you play. Sean Livingston's a key to that. Sean Livingston was a guy who was a pure athlete, and he had to change the way he played. 
Um, but another team, TR, I think that has really improved in free agency and is uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They re-signed Paul um, George. I'm that rooting was the big for one. That was the big move, re-signing George. But there's some more moves they've made that uh, I think will help. They re-signed they signed Nerlens Noel to a deal, and they got Noel on the cheap. Oh, my goodness. Uh, two years, yeah. $3.5 million. What a deal. They re-signed Jeremy Grant to a three-year, $27 million deal. We talked to John, John Hamm about that. They inked Raymond Felton. He's re-signed with them. Uh, so, I mean, I think Oklahoma City, if they, they're keeping that core together and they're really going to try and make a run at this now that you've got George and Westbrook in there. And I think them trying to move Carmelo and save a lot of money is going to help them in the long run. Yeah. If they can, if they can, you know, buy them out or do whatever they got to do, and save all that loot, and you know the fact that they took care of their own, they gave basically everybody a raise, and uh, you know, in one way or the other, <clears throat> and uh, they showed that uh, let's let's keep it together. Uh, Paul George was quoted last year in uh, some type of interview saying, "Well, it's our first year together," about he and Russell's chemistry or whatever. Maybe it was he, Russell, and Carmelo. I'm not sure uh, what was the question, but, um, you know, it's nice in all this. You know, I know you hate it worse than I do when these guys jump to other teams, but it's nice. It's refreshing that somebody said, you know, we we were we made the playoffs and we underachieved last year. Now we got another a year under our belt to keep yeah. everybody happy. We like each other. Fuck it. Let's well, go play, for playing it, man. Playing together – helps like you can't just normally throw a team together and expect it to to just work um it takes time you got to gel you got to know your role um even the heat that first year the heat were together go ahead finish your heat point i'll remember i was just saying when the heat were together they had the big three it took them a year to get a championship they went to the finals and then they all choked lost to the Mavericks. but go ahead uh, I, I, I had heard you and Tim and Armando dealing with the uh, greatest radio car or whatever. We were talking uh, yeah, about, um, talking about Jordan. Well, you know, I don't even entertain those uh, comparisons to eras because I just don't. Um, as far as uh, Michael Jordan goes, wait, who? What team were we just talking about? I said finish your heat point, and I and I would remember, and I forgot already. Um, <laughs> What team were we talking about before? Oh, OKC. Yes. And something reminded me of of something with Jordan. Um, Damn it. (laughs) It was something. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I guess. uh, Damn it. Uh, it It was prophetic and profound as well. Uh, it would have it would have been a, a, a you know he was saying that you guys were giving opinions it would have been a fact and I forgot it so uh, we'll, um, it'll come back within the next hour I'm sure yeah uh, quick little heads up here I've been I scrolled through Twitter for a second and saw people talking about Wendell Carter uh, Wendell Carter's summer league game tonight he had 19 points nine rebounds for the Bulls finished at plus 22. He had three Bad offensive dude, boards. Yeah, he shot 81% from the field. Whew. Bad dude. <laughs> Lord. 
He was uh, and, uh, he was ranked not to be outdone. Not to be outdone. The Bulls drafted Chandler Hutchinson as well. Um, I believe was yeah. his name. Uh, he had sixteen and eleven. So uh, I know it's only summer league. That's it. that's the you know what? Take a shot every time you hear somebody say, "Well, it's just summer league." You can know a lot from what you see in summer league. Um, the Wolves are actually playing right now. Bates' die-off has just been beautiful for us. I really love that kid. The fact we got him in the second round just makes me giddy. And okay, he's just uh, he he's an athletic monster. He's got to he's got to become a better basketball player, but he is a pure athlete right. at his age. Right. But uh, anyway, I'll talk more about the, the uh, talk more about the Wolves next week. Uh, Anyway, back to free agency. We're going to talk summer league probably in the second hour a little bit because I'll be honest, I haven't had the chance with work and everything going on in my world. And I know you haven't. We haven't had a lot of time to really sit down and enjoy summer league as much as we normally do. Because I know you and I last year, we really dived into summer league. We talked a lot about it last year whenever we were just, you know, a couple guys that just liked basketball before we started the show. Before we were international sensation. How many countries yeah, now, we, Nate? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I'd have to count them. Uh, just added in in the past week, uh, thank you to everybody downloading the show. Thank you to Poland, Thailand. Um, New Zealand. A few more. Yeah, New Zealand, New Zealand. jumped on board last week. Um, I know it's, I know so it's many... Tony Gurria. <laughs> Tony Gurria. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to hear what I'm up to. Yeah, he wants to know. But, uh, yeah, thank you to everybody downloading the show out there. You know, we've had the past three days have been fantastic. Uh, some of the biggest days of downloads we've ever done. So thank you guys so much for, for get, showing us some love here we on the show. We got 83,292 <laughs> in the first 43 minutes of this show. Can I get a retweet? <laughs> This is actually shaving up to be, and I hate to blow smoke up our own ass. This is shaving up to be the best month that Wide Men Can't Jump has ever had in terms of downloads. So thank you, everybody, for, for listening and downloading uh, the show. But let's see here. Talk a little more free agency. We talked about Capella. Um, Jokic re-signed with the Nuggets. Trying to bring up some free agency signings that maybe nobody heard about because that's what I like to do on this show. Um, I don't know about you. I like to be that show that's like, oh, they're talking about guys that ESPN and all the big guys aren't talking about because every day right, I get a new story fucking about fucking LeBron James every day. And Kawhi Leonard. Yes, every single day. I'm so fed up with hearing about what LeBron James is doing in L.A. I don't give a shit. Ugh. <laughs> anyway. Julius Randle signed a deal with the New Orleans Pelicans for two years, $18 million. That's going to really help that team out. Uh, I like Julius. They lost Bookie Cousins. Oh, I do too. I think Julius is a great player. Um, he really found his own last season. And now pair him with Anthony Davis, and they did lose Rajon Rondo, but let me see. But I believe the Pelicans made a couple. Yeah, um, they, they, some, they made some other uh, good point, Alfred though. Payton. They signed Alfred Payton yeah. for two point seven yeah. million on a one year deal. Um not sure if they added any I could have swore they added somebody else. Um but it's escaping me right now and I don't see it. They re signed Ian Clark to a minimum deal. So that's that's not a bad addition either. 
but the Pelicans, I think those are, are good signings. The Pelicans thing is they just got to get guys that can shoot. That's what they're missing. You know, they've got they've got each one more who's a decent shot. Davis is a good shooter. Randall, yeah, he's kind of more inside. Um, they trade Rajon Rondo for Alfred Payton, which is Payton's a younger version of Rondo as far as I'm concerned. Maybe not that killer instinct, but he's got the handles and the dribbling. Um, they have guys like Drew Holiday who can shoot, but like New Orleans is not exactly deep. If they can pr- improve their bench over the next couple of years, they could really make a, a better run than they did last year. Their only problem is and, playing in the West. That just hurts. Yeah, but you got Anthony Davis, and that's why I get so frustrated with all these Philadelphia callers about Kawhi being this. Like I said, again, he hasn't played since 2016, and you're talking about him playing his first game since in almost 2019, almost like three years. And they still talk like he's LeBron, Durant, Kawhi. You forget about Anthony Davis, too, besides Giannis and Westbrook and Harden and all the other guys I mentioned. You think Anthony Davis is going to go downward? What are you fucking morons? You said Giannis could be MVP next year. Well, you said Giannis could be the uh, MVP next year. I'll go out and say Anthony Davis has a great shot at winning MVP if he stays healthy. Yeah, I mean, I I hate when when top guys get hurt, you know. Uh, We were just talking about Julius Randle a moment ago, and he had – I you know, I really liked him out of – because I, I, I really didn't like Andrew Wiggins, because that's who uh, the false Philly fans forget that we were aiming for. We didn't want Embiid. They were winless for Wiggins. That's all they wanted was number one, to get Andrew Wiggins. And I liked Gordon better, uh, which probably isn't correct. I liked uh, Parker better, which we don't know if, if his two knees didn't bust apart. And Embiid's obviously better. And I like Julius Randle better. And Julius Randle did this. I watched his opening night game. It was on ESPN. It was like the late game, the Lakers, and Kobe was still with them, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, hey, man, that'd be pretty cool to see Randle playing with Kobe. I just was watching him at Kentucky, you know, blah, 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 blah. And he, he, you probably remember because you're, you're dead on to all that shit that happens he he had the misfortune of having the gordon hayward gimmick in the first game his, first his game. leg wasn't as his leg wasn't as like twisted as gordon hayward but he broke his fucking leg and you know lost the whole season and uh, you know so the second season was really his rookie year and, and then now it's like four or five or whatever it is and he's starting to play like he he can and he's going to continue to improve i believe so i'm sorry to Go back to that no, Pelican talk when we move. No, on you're you're but. fine. You're fine. Yeah, this is just I like talking free agency about players that you don't hear about, and that's that's my thing, um, because a lot of people don't touch on these guys who make championship teams important. Um, uh-huh. Some some noted free agents still available out there. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. There was a report he was going to sign with the Magic. Uh, that report has not been confirmed, and I don't believe it's going to happen. Um, Avery Bradley re-signed with uh, the Clippers. Wayne Ellington still an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Greg Monroe is still an unrestricted free agent. 
So is Dwayne Wade, Michael Beasley, Shabazz Napier, David West, Trevor Booker, Jamal Crawford, Joe Johnson, uh, Brandon Wright, Vince Carter, Channing Fry, Swaggy P, Nick Young, your favorite player, <laughs> Jaleel Okafor. Uh, Alex Lynn oh, is still available as well. So there's still some good unrestricted free agents out there. Um, I'm surprised yeah. Minnesota hasn't made a run at Nick, a guy like Nick Young because we need a guy like that on our team, a shooter. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of the names you said were pretty long in the tooth, but uh, yeah, but they're good for teams that need that need some guys that have won some hardware, and you know can you know Dwayne Wade could be on anybody's team and and you know show that little spurt when needed and and be a locker room guy if he's motivated. I mean, I, that's a big question. Is he motivated? He didn't seem very motivated in Cleveland, but in Miami he was, you know, into what he was doing. Um, yeah, put him in, um, the, in a spot where he's happy. Dwayne Wade's 36, so he's still got a little bit left in his knees, I think. I think he's still got a little something. Uh, the the one that's surprising to me is Jamal Crawford at 38. He's still playing, too. Uh, Yogi Ferrell hasn't re-signed with Dallas yet, so I, I'm kind of surprised by that, but you know, Jaleel Okafor, nobody willing to take a risk on a 22-year-old center who had all that hype. Um, I'm kind of surprised by that. Even if he's coming off the bench, like get him get him cheap. I'd take a I'd take a risk on that. You know, he he you know, coming through here, I saw a lot of them and um he was a 20 and 10 guy for a stretch. But we were basically a G League team due to that genius Sam, Sam Hankey. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a tough call. I, uh, you know, I was arguing with people that he, he could possibly be better than Towns that year. And, you know, I was glad to get him at three. And uh, I was like, who's this poor Zingas guy, you know, et cetera. I think you're right. If if he can finally swallow, his problem was a little bit mental too. He really was uh, a pain in the ass from what I've heard in the locker room and just the whole nine that he feels, and he probably still feels this way. That he's, a privileged Duke player, right. a pain in the ass in the locker room, never. Uh, yeah, and the son of an NBA player and everything. So Yeah, really. Um, he uh, – he really feels or felt that he is a starting five in the NBA. And he's not. Uh, can he be with work? Maybe. I don't know. But if you already think you are and you're getting screwed as opposed to you're really not and you need to improve and you need to listen to these good coaches if, if you're uh, you know around them and other players and veterans and so forth, like you said, he's only 22. If he goes somewhere, one of those teams out west or somewhere where you're not really paying attention to him, and you look at the box score halfway through the season, I look before 16 and 10. You know what I mean? And, like, he could rebuild himself. I, I think he can do something. I mean, and you're right. You're going to oh, get yeah. him very cheap. He's just got to change oh, yeah, his head, he... man, his mindset. Yeah, I mean – he could get there. Uh, it's just a matter of he needs to humble himself and he needs to realize, Hey, I'm a good player, but I can improve and I need to work on improvement. 
and that's one thing he's really got to work on. Uh, you know what I do if I was him? What's that? I would change my name legally to Jalil Okafor CIC. Because every motherfucker would, uh, ends the name in ick. Donchick, <laughs> Nurchick, Jokick. <laughs> all those motherfuckers can play. And there's probably like five more that I'm not even thinking. Put a CIC or at least an IC at the end of your name. You're going to start rebounding. You're going to start passing. You're going to start uh, offensive rebound. You're going to start steals, blocks. Block shots, taking block, taking charges. I'm telling you, think about everybody with an IC at the end of their name. They're all good. There's more. Yeah. I can't just uh, no no yoga. There's more. I don't know. <laughs> listen to you, listen to you try to pronounce these names is the greatest moment in wide men can't show history. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking oh man, that's great. Uh, Markel <laughs> well, Fultz <laughs> Markel Falski. <laughs> That's funny. Beyond Burger having motherfucker. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> and that's perfect for his situation. Leonard. It really Dick. is. Oh God! Everybody driving, listening to this in their car, or, or like listening to this at home, or whatever. Probably going, these two are fucking on drugs. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not. not on drugs. <laughs> it's the drugs That's we're not the on. Not the drugs we're on. <laughs> well, Tr, I just decided. I, I decided chance. tonight to go. I'm sorry. I decided tonight because you were you uh, to, to the people listening. Nate has handled a lot of the uh, guest interviews because I've. Uh, accepted a position that's uh, fairly lucrative for my middle class ass, and I gotta, you know, have availability. So <clears throat> I figured on my live appearances, I gotta make y'all laugh and do something different than just straight <laughs> basketball. So that'll be me for a little well, while. Well, speaking of interviews, um, I had a chance to sit down with Robin Lundberg of uh, yeah. Sports Illustrated, CBS Sports. Um, we talked for a little bit about free agency, and so we can wrap up our free agency chat and get ready to go to summer league chat here in a few minutes. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and run my interview with Robin Lundberg. Is that cool with you? Yeah, but I, I just thought of something. Who was his old What's partner? That? Mike Golick. Oh, God old... damn it. <laughs> Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. It but really that, that's is. actually... That's actually a great get because uh, I'm familiar with his work. I, you know, I was kind of like, you know, half paying attention when you told me who he had lined up for this week. And uh, and then I was like, oh, man, I remember hearing that before the Mike and Mike show for a long time. He's very good, very, yeah. very knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go ahead and play that interview, and we'll get, uh, we'll be right back on the other side of this. I'm joined right now by Robin Lundberg, who is a content provider focusing on the National Basketball Association. Robert, thanks, Robin, thanks for giving me some time today, man. You got it, man. What's going on? 
Well, uh, a couple of things have broke the past couple of days. Um, the Houston Rockets seem to be having the worst offseason in the history of offseasons. They lose uh, Trevor Ariza. Clint Capella wants more money. He thinks he's worth $100 million instead of $60 million. And they lose Luke Mbamute to the Clippers. Uh, is this going to hurt the Rockets? Now they're trying to make a play for Melo. Do you think that's a good fit for them? Well, you know, first of all, there's a team having a worse offseason than the Rockets, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> because they lost LeBron sure. James. But as far as the Rockets stuff goes, I think um, sometimes we focus uh, a little bit too much on the stuff that's happening in the moment. What I mean by that is, like, when LeBron went to the Lakers and then afterwards they, they brought in Stevenson and, and they brought in um, Rondo, everybody's focused on that rather than the guys they already have on their roster, like Ingram and Ball and – uh, Kuzma, etc. I think with the Rockets, um, we're forgetting a little bit that the core of that team is still going to be James Harden and Chris Paul. They're likely still going to bring, I would imagine, Capella back. So you're, you're talking about the, the players on the margin. Now, Ariza is a good player, um, and he's helped them out a lot. But Daryl Morey has found those kind of players before. So, like, Bob Mute was borderline unplayable in the playoffs. I think there was a little bit of an overreaction to them losing him. And then Ariza is good. He, he can defend. He can hit the three and all that. But he's replaceable. I, I think Maury will be able to find the, the kind of guys who can do those things that we might not even be aware can do those things uh, as of yet because he's been very good at that throughout his career. If you remember that, the Rockets never even out and out tanked. Even those years where they didn't have great players, they had pretty good records because I would trust him to, to find those guys uh, on the margins. As far as Carmelo goes, I don't know if Carmelo is really a great fit anywhere um, if he continues to think he is a star-level player. Like, the idea of him scoffing about coming off the bench didn't rub me the right way. But in Houston, here's what I'll say for him. Melo's best years came when he played with a, a point guard who had some level of authority. Chauncey Billups back in Denver when they went to the Western Conference Finals. Then Jason Kidd in New York, uh, I believe it was 2013, when they won 54 games. And Chris Paul definitely has that kind of authority, not to mention being Carmelo's good friend. So while Carmelo won't help with the defense that they lost, I could conceivably see them finding the, the right balance for him w within their personnel. I think Melo could fit in in Houston better than he could in the other potential suitor that I've been reading about, and that being the Philadelphia 76ers. There's a rumor that they are trying to make a play for him. What do you think about Melo going to Philadelphia instead of to Houston? Uh, yeah, I don't love that one uh, too much. It, depending on Again, it, it depends on what Carmelo is able to or, or willing to uh, – what he's willing to accept. The, the other team that I've seen linked to him that makes some sense is Miami. You know, uh, again, there's some sort of connection there with Dwayne Wade, that that's a team that has a bunch of uh, good defensive pieces, a bunch of good players, but not really some offensive punch that they could use. So I, I think Houston or, or, or Miami makes the most sense for, for Carmelo. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but who do you think so far? I think you can look at LeBron James going to L.A. L.A. seems to have really had the best offseason Um of anybody, but who would you think would have had so far the second best off season going forward that you, other than the Lakers? Yeah. I mean, look, uh, you, you're go across the, the league and, and you have to, to really think about that. Right. I mean, 
Golden State brought in Boogie Cousins. That that's an easy answer. Though I I don't think that was the home run everybody made it out to be because um, one he he might not play for a while. Two we don't know how good he will be when he actually does play. Um, and three he has an exact he's not exactly a complimentary player who who just like fits in great everywhere. Um, that that remains to be seen how they'll smooth that over. But the potential there is obviously great when you're when you're looking at the 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 Golden State Warriors picking up a, a player of that talent considering the personnel that they already have um besides that if you're you're going across the league and and you're looking for you know sneaky good off seasons and the ones that that maybe not are are jumping off the radar but you could say okay I, I like that how about Indiana I think Indiana made a couple of moves that that was a team that was um Impressive last year, exceeded expectations, and then they bring in uh, Tyreek Evans, right? Um, they they make some some moves that make you believe. All right, they're they're slightly improving that roster, and maybe they take a a small step up this year as well, and get in that mix with the the Toronto's and, and those kind of teams. Yeah, Kylo Quinn also got added to that roster, which really helps uh, their depth especially for a big guy like that as they have Sabonis and now they've added O'Quinn and O'Quinn said he wanted to go somewhere where he felt like he had a chance to really play with a group of winners and he felt New York wasn't that place. Uh, One team I did want to bring up was the Milwaukee Bucks. They added Brooke Lopez the other day and to me that Milwaukee Bucks team has just completely underachieved this season or last season. They underachieved. Uh, Do you think that the Bucks? Adding Lopez and getting now a coach, I think that'll actually stick around and fit them well. Do you think adding Lopez is going to help get that team over the hump because they're a perennial seven, eight seed, six seed every year? You think they can get into the top four in the East this coming season? Ah, mm. uh, uh, probably not. Look, the Bucks. The good thing for the Bucks is they have the hardest thing to get right. Like uh, Giannis is the hardest thing to get. Every team is looking for that caliber of player. There's only a handful of teams in the league that have that caliber of player. I still don't love the rest of their roster. I think they could really use some shooting. They could really use some shot creating off the dribble. Dante DiVincenzo is um, intriguing because he did some of that um, with Villanova, obviously, and and I think he has combo guard potential at the NBA level. But outside of of that, I don't – love their, their personnel overall again shooting um playmaking that they, they could stand to add but when you're starting with Giannis there's always that potential of getting there because he can he can raise the play of everybody else and then one move in the middle of the season can change your, your fortunes if you can add one more player to that mix all right well one more question and then I'll let you go because I know you don't have a whole lot of time to spend with me but the question I'm asking here is probably the million-dollar question. Where do you think Kawhi Leonard goes if he goes anywhere this offseason into the regular season? Who's trading for him? You know, I was sure it was the Lakers, right? For a while, I was sure. He, it, the leverage was in their favor given that they had a good package to offer, given that Kawhi clearly wanted to get himself to L.A. Now I'm really not sure. And my spider sense is tingling about Kawhi, right? He's such a good player. I mean, maybe the best perimeter defender in the league. He can stroke the three. He is a a very good isolation scorer. But between beefing with San Antonio, 
between his injury status, between that latest story where they were hiding him apparently, uh, my, my spider sense is tingling a little bit, and, and LeBron seems to really like those young guys in L.A. doesn't seem to be pushing the button to make something happen now. So I'm not so sure it's going to be the Lakers anymore. And if you'd asked me this 10 days ago, I would have been sure it was the Lakers. Um, maybe Philadelphia. You know, you brought up Philadelphia before. If somebody's going to swing that trade and, and try and convince them to stay, uh, you'd, you'd have to think it's the Sixers right now with, with the Lakers still in that mix. But the whole Kawhi Leonard thing has just been weird. It's been just a, a bit of a mystery the, the entire time, and, and it remains that. So I, I don't know um, for sure, but but I, I went from thinking L.A. to, to thinking Philadelphia. Well, my co-host is a Sixers fan, and he has come out and told me he does not want Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he has a thing where he thinks Kawhi Leonard is a mental case, and we've, he said we've already got Markel Fultz, who's a, a, a mental case himself. We don't need more of that. So that's that's one Philadelphia fan's narrative there, and I, I can agree with him honestly. I get that. Well, um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you have to give what you have to give to get, right? I mean, here's the thing about Kawhi when he when he is healthy, um, he still has been one of the top players in the game, right? A, a top five, top ten player in the entire league. So there, as much as I said, my spider sense was tingling about him as well. There's still that upshot of adding that caliber of player. And we wouldn't have said all this stuff about Kawhi a year ago. You know, there was no, no controversy around him a year ago. But it is strange to see what, what's unfolded in this year, especially given that it's San Antonio. If this was Sacramento or the Knicks or some other team that has, uh, um, doesn't have the equity that San Antonio has, we probably would just write it off. But because it's San Antonio, I, I think that's what gives a lot of people pause. Yeah, and San Antonio is now starting to lose all those players that made them key. Their Kawhi's probably gone. Tony Parker goes to Charlotte, and uh, basically Manu Ginobili's still there, and that's about it for the old guard of the Spurs. So we could be seeing a rebuild coming very, very soon for San Antonio. Which yeah, it was crazy, right? Because they've been so good. They've been so good for so long. I've really never seen anything like it. I mean, it's, they were what in the finals of David Robinson in nineteen ninety nine. And they've won yeah. five championships but between then and, and now and, and been in the playoffs every single – I don't think they've missed the playoffs since then. So I don't think they that, have that's a hell of a run. <laughs> yeah, they're always in the mix, and they're always a team that everybody's looking out for. And just they lose Tim Duncan. Oh, well, they got Kawhi Leonard. LaMarcus Aldridge comes there. They add Pau Gasol. They look like a team for the future, but Kawhi Leonard may have threw a monkey wrench into that. So who knows where we're going with the Spurs from here, but – Robin, thank you so much for joining me and giving me some of your time. I know you're a busy man, and we do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to tell our fans where they can find you at on Twitter or anywhere else, go ahead and uh, Shit, plug away. Sure. Uh, it's at Robin Lundberg on Twitter. You can catch me on Sports Illustrated's daily show, SI Now Live, Monday through Friday, and my radio show, CBS Sports Radio, Saturday mornings. Plus, you know, all both of those are available on demand, as, as is the, the times we're in. Well, we appreciate you giving us some of your time to a little podcast uh, like us here at Wide Man Can't Jump. And you're a busy man and very well respected in the sports world. And we really do appreciate it and hope to have you back on soon. No doubt about it. Have a good one. Thanks, Robin. Have a good one. Robin Lundberg, thanks for joining us here on Why Men Can't Jump. That's my interview with him. T.R., you still there? 
Yeah, interesting. Um, first of all, I remembered the Michael Jordan thing. Remind me dream team. But let me make my point about Robin. <clears throat> Good. The difference, and, and, and it doesn't really pertain to you, because for 28, you're pretty uh, worldly. You work at a radio station also, if people don't know, other than doing the podcast. But the difference between me and guys like Robin, you see he's, he's got a gig with Sports Illustrated. He used to be with Mike mm-hmm. Bullock Jr. He's got CBS Sports Radio. It's, it's the difference in wording the same opinion. I call Kawhi Leonard a straight-up nutcase, a freaking, uh, to use my urban uh, verbiage, I've called him thrown to my black friends. The dude is thrown. I think he's a whack job. He simply said, my spider senses are tingling. He left that to the people that get what he's saying, can take it one way. And the people that maybe don't get what he's saying can take it another way. And it's a vague term, but we know what he meant. And that's why yeah. he's, he's making the big bucks. And, you know, we, we do all right with our sponsors. I'm not complaining. But, you know, I, I just got to keep being me, and, and it'll, it'll come through. But, uh, you know, credit to him. Credit to you for getting a great guest like that with that kind of pedigree. And, uh, you know. Uh, I'm glad you did it because I've been busy and I probably would have argued about something and then he would never came back and then now we can have him back. <laughs> uh, let, let me get to Michael Jordan. <clears throat> Go ahead, Dream Jordan. Team, you said. Yeah, that was my reminder. Um, first of all, it's not just six titles, it's eight. Now, let me explain, because I was alive during this and his arguments were for Magic Johnson and Will Chamberlain. And, okay, you're talking you know, about the callers. That called in on the World yeah, Cup show the yeah. other day. Yeah, in case yeah, anybody I, missed you it, know, we, in case anybody missed it, we have a call. We have a World Cup show where me and Tim, we had our buddy Armando jump on. We talked uh, World Cup, and we had a caller call in wanted to talk basketball, so we humored him. Uh, we talked about greatest players of all time. Go ahead, Tim, or go ahead, Tr. I'm sorry. Go ahead, <laughs> Tr. Uh, My bad. First of all, as a freshman, where. The stars, I mean, he was a star from the jump for Dean Smith. But he won the game, won the national championship with his jumper alongside Sam Perkins and James Worthy. They were the studs. They were the older dudes. And freshman Michael Jordan hit the jumper to win a national championship for North Carolina. So that's championship number one. While Bird and Magic were, you know, they were already in the NBA, but he was soon to join them. And... You know, I didn't want to – I mean, I liked Michael Jordan, but I, you know, I wanted Dr. J and the Sixers to do their thing, and I was a Larry Bird fan, and I never really liked Magic, but I respected him. Um, but it's, get the fuck out of here, Magic uh, versus Michael. I watched them both. I was alive all those years. You can, you know, break it down by the numbers. But let, 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 me, let me go to the dream team. Chuck Daly had those people in question. He didn't have Will. I'd have to get the great Sonny Hill on here, which I've planned to do and never followed through. He's a Philadelphia legend, uh, probably as close to Wilt and Hal Greer and them as any person that's still living on the planet. He was very close with them. He's, he's the uh, king of basketball around here. I got to get in contact with him. Legend. But anyway, um, dream team. Chuck Daly knew that he would have 
super egos and trouble meshing that team. So in their scrimmage, he didn't let the media in. Brought in an all-star team from college that featured guys like Bobby Hurley and Chris Weber and whatnot. Guess who he sat out most of the game? Who's that? MJ. Michael Jordan. Mm. Bird played. Magic played. Every time Jordan was in, they'd start creeping back. It ended up in the scrimmage the college boys beat the fucking dream team. In their first organized scrimmage. They beat the fucking dream team. It wasn't no uh, hokey shit. They straight up beat them. He purposely did not play Michael Jordan because he knew if Michael Jordan played, Magic played, he knew if Michael Jordan played that they would whoop them college boys' ass because nobody could stop Michael Jordan. Nobody. People could double up anybody else and and, uh, the team with no chemistry – Well, you put Michael in. They played the next day with Michael playing. They beat that college team by about 50 points, the same team that beat him the day before. You know why? Hmm. Because Michael Jordan was the best player of that era. He was the best player on the dream team. So then they won the gold medal, and they weren't even touched. So that's an eighth world championship and a literal world championship in my eyes. So I give him eight titles. And that's facts. That's not opinion. And the story I told about the, the scrimmage is a fact. You can find it on a, one of those old archives of ESPN. It was a little, I think it was a 30 for 30 before 30 for 30. Yeah. A little short. Yeah, they did. They did something. I remember your, I remember something like that. Um, Malone yeah, played, Barkley played. Neat. They all played. And they lost to Bobby Hurley and Chris Weber and guys that were organized and playing together. And Chuck Daly did that as a lesson to them, humbling them to try to get them on the same page. And it worked. It lit a fire under their ass. But he know he knew even with all the egos, if he puts Jordan in, they're gonna just beat them anyway. For a legendary coach like Chuck Daly to acknowledge that going into all these Hall of Fame players, I think everybody on the team was except possibly Christian Leitner because he was like the college edition or whatever in 1992. So, I mean, in my time from the eye test, which is way more important, his argument was almost Sam Hinkie-like, analytics with numbers. I mean, uh, I would, you know, I wasn't alive to see Wilt. And I'd have to ask Sonny Hill, whose, whose opinion I respect greatly, but... I, I don't I don't fuck with eras, but in my time watching basketball, there was nobody that you could hand the ball to with 24 seconds shot clock left, and you just know you you won, you won the game, tied or if you're down one, or whatever the case may be. I mean, we're talking like nine out of ten times. So that's an old show. I don't even want to deal with that. But, you know, I, I always wanted to make that point since you guys were talking about that. So that's all. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a that's a good point, and that's a, a good I, – I agree with that. I mean, you heard our argument with the, the gentleman, um, and he was very uh, – what's the word? He was very um, – like, he, he wanted us to – present like facts and things like that 
Um, so I don't know. It was just, uh, I don't know. It was a weird conversation. On the Magic Johnson front, I, I'll certainly uh, agree with his point that he made those around him better. You know, he, he, yeah, he I defined, mean, you know. And this is a reason why I never get into that comparison of great from era. This is why I don't do the, the LeBron and the Michael thing. To me, it's one of those things where it's like, ugh, okay, we get it. You know, you can argue till you're blue in the face. You're not going to change anybody's opinion. It's an opinion at the end of the day. You can throw numbers out. You can throw all this out. You're not going to change anybody's mind. People are going to think such and such is the greatest, such and such is the greatest. It doesn't matter. The comparison thing just doesn't do anything for me. Maybe that's maybe I'm weird, but it just seems like you get enough of that crap on ESPN and you get enough of that crap on you know all these other shows. I don't want to be that show. I want to be a show that's bringing you deep diving facts with you know trying to keep you entertained with interesting guests. That's what I want to do, and I, I like to think that we do a decent job at that. So. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> I didn't mean to go so Speaking, long, but I mean, it, just for no, the eye fine, test, because I was alive watching every goddamn game. Yeah. And well, speaking of... Uh, I love me some Larry the, Bird, love Dr. J. Go ahead. Speaking of loving Bird, let's go to our next sponsor. I'm oh, too boy. sexy for my love, too sexy for my <laughs> love, love's going to leave WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor, you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com, so be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun. Going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Big thanks to WowFreeCam.com for their gracious sponsorship. And TR, um, our next guest that I had on was Jacob Goldstein, who is a writer for Nylon Calculus and Real Ball Insiders. We talked quite a bit about Summer League, so if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and play my talk with Jacob Goldstein, and then when we come back, me and you will talk a little Summer League, and we'll wrap it up for this edition of Wide Men Can Jump. Is that cool with you? Sounds like a plan. All right. So we'll be back on the other side. We'll wrap up with Summer League talk. So here's my interview with Jacob Goldstein. Joining me now is Jacob Goldstein from Real Ball Insider. He's a staff writer and nylon calculus contributor. Jacob, what's up, man? Not much. How you doing? Doing good. I'm glad you could take some time to join me. Uh, won't take too much of your time today, but we do want to talk a little bit about Summer League. Who have you been following closely in Summer League? I know you're a Spurs fan. You, you told me that. 
Uh, is there anybody, like maybe Lonnie Walker? How's Lonnie Walker looked so far in Summer League? He's looked all right. He's popped with his athleticism a good amount, though he hasn't really shot very well. But, I mean, it's just Summer League. Guys will go cold or, or go hot, so that's not too much to worry over. Um, I really like the way uh, Derek White looked. That's the guy the Spurs drafted last year. He's done a really good job in Summer League, though I think they're probably going to hold him out the rest of the way um, because he's kind of done all he can there. But it's it's been a interesting summer as a Spurs fan, so good to have a little to yeah. focus on. Yeah, I mean, with the Spurs, with Kawhi Leonard and the whole drama going down there, and the Spurs yeah. are looking to move him, maybe get some assets. What uh, What's your take on what's going on with Kawhi in San Antonio? I mean, I don't know. It seems there's just been some crazy disconnect. He, I know Kawhi's like switched agents kind of and started listening more to his uncle a year and a half ago. And I think they, they're trying to push him into a bigger market um, is, is my sense of it. I know that he's been really unhappy with how his like shoe contract discussion has gone with Nike because they don't think he's a super marketable player, which is true. He hasn't really done anything to try and build a brand at all. Uh, so I, I think a lot of this comes from he just kind of wants to get to a market where he can be a big-name player, and that's not San Antonio. So I don't know. All I know is uh, I hope he goes to, like, the 76ers. I really like their potential trade package. I was actually hoping uh, the Spurs would trade him at the draft for a Clippers package of, like, Tobias Harris and – the one of their two picks that they had in the draft this year, but uh, that's come and gone. So we're stuck between being lowballed by the Lakers and the Sixers not wanting to include anyone, and neither do the Celtics. So we'll see what happens. I just I think the sense for a lot of Spurs fans at this point is this kind of wants to be over, and I, I sympathize with that. It's been a really weird long ordeal. And the, the sooner we can get past and at least figure out who's playing on the team next year, the better off we'll be. Well, what about the departure of Tony Parker as he's moved to Charlotte? And uh, as of right now, he'll be backing up Kimba Walker. Uh, what do you think of that move with Tony Parker leaving after, I believe, 17 years with the Spurs? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little sad to see him, see him go. I was never the biggest Tony guy. Um, he always rubbed me off as being a little – Hollywood, so to speak. He, he was clearly the out of the Spurs big three. He was the guy who wanted to be a celebrity the most. Um, so I was never his biggest fan, but he gave us a lot of good years, a lot of good moments. So it's, it's bittersweet to see him go. I don't get the fit with him in Charlotte at all. Um, I, I mean, I, just, I don't think he's a very good player anymore. So I'm not really sure what he, he's going to add over there. But I know he said he wanted to play 20 years in the NBA. That's an important milestone to him. So my guess is he plays these two years in Charlotte and signs a cheap deal with the Spurs maybe to finish out his career um, and just get to that 20 benchmark. I don't understand the, the deal with the Hornets from a basketball perspective or the fact they gave him $10 million over two years. I don't think he's that caliber of player to really be worth that at this point, but 
it's a bittersweet moment emotionally and it's a weird deal in terms of just the way it fits on the court because I don't think he's going to really add anything to the Hornets. I don't know. Are they, I think they're trying to make the playoffs still. Um, but I don't think he's the move who's going to get them there. If anything, they need to try and get some shooters. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get how Tony really fits in there. He doesn't really bring much to them. Yeah, the Hornets' moves this off season have been kind of strange. They get rid of that Dwight Howard contract and get Timothy Mozgov. Then they get Tony Parker and Kimball Walker's bags have been packed seemingly. You know, every season they talk about moving him. They got a $20 million contract on Nick Batum. Uh, Marvin Williams, to me, is not the guy there. They get Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, who is a good defender, not a good shooter. They try to rectify that Mm -hmm. with uh, Miles Bridges in the draft, who I'm honestly, I don't understand their trade that they made um, with the Clippers. That made no sense. If they wanted Bridges, I don't know why they just don't take Bridges. They get like an extra pick out of it or something. It's I don't know, but the Hornets and they have Frank Kaminsky, who's been underwhelming since college, and mm-hmm. I think Cody Zeller is on that team, and he's just a big guy who's just kind of there. And I don't know; it just seems like they have one really great player and a bunch of guys that should have been good, yeah. but they haven't really worked out. Um, Tony Parker coming in there makes your second string a little better, if that makes Maybe. sense. I don't yeah. know. Charlotte's At a mystery least that to me. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I think. Kemba Walker last year statistically was a top 10 player in the NBA. Um, I know the general consensus on him isn't that high, but that team that they put around him is just really not good. And it doesn't make a ton of sense. And I think now they're stuck at a point where they're kind of in small market hell because they have a lot of big contracts that they can't really move and they don't really have the assets to move them. And they can't tank because they can't afford to tank, but there's no real way for them to get better until these contracts just start coming off the books in a few years. So they've kind of got to wait it out. I would expect them to move Kemba at some point, but I've also sort of thought they would for like two years and they haven't, um, or at least like pretty much last season. I thought he was for sure going to get moved at the trade deadline. So I don't know what they're doing. I think Michael Jordan is meddling a little too much. I thought Rich Chu or Rich Cho was a very good GM, a very solid GM who was trying to build a team and they had a good coach and it just it never came together. Um and I think Michael Jordan had a little too much control and still does over over what they're trying to do and I just don't think he's very good at talent evaluation or running a team or anything like that. Well, then they draft Malik Monk, who I thought was a good draft pick last season, and they he did. barely plays. He barely plays last year. Um, yeah, they don't know. If he just... I think he was. I think he was injured coming into the year, and then just was never able to get into the rotation. Maybe uh, he's looked good in his one game in summer league, but then he broke his hand. So. Yeah, a guy that well, had major talent coming out of Kentucky, who really looked like mm-hmm. a, a world beater. And I thought Charlotte got a steal getting him where they got him last year, and he's just been injury-prone ever since. It's It's been a mystery. Charlotte's probably the team that you look at, and they're the team that's really just kind of stuck wherever they're at right mm-hmm. now. Yep, totally agree. 
Well, um, other things uh, going on in Summer League. What's your thoughts on uh, some of the players in Summer League that you've seen that's really impressed you? Um, some of the guys that have impressed me the most have been, like, Wendell Carter Jr. looked really good. He had that block party in his first game, I think. Um, and it was, like, four, three, four blocks. And it was really impressive. He did a good job moving his feet and sort of showing that he had that uh, mobility on defense that – a lot of people were questioning. I know it's just summer league, but it's certainly a good sign to be doing the things that people thought you might struggle at. Um, another guy who's impressed me a lot is uh, DeAnthony Melton, who the Rockets drafted in the mid-second round, and he's looked great. He didn't play last year because of like NCAA violations, I guess. I, I don't know the exact story behind it, but he's had... Uh, all the tools in the world two years ago when he was playing. His only issue was he couldn't shoot. Uh, and it looks like he's really redone his shot. It, it looks good. Um, and it's been falling at Summer League, which is great to see. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think another guy who's been really impressive is a guy the Clippers took, Shai Gilgeous Alexander. I'm Gilgeous. Hey, I always mess up his name. Me. but You should have heard our yeah. last special. The, the name mess oh, up was brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, Shai's looked great. Um, he he has been just doing a great job in general. I think one of the interesting things is, is that a lot of the point guards or, or guards who fell a little bit further than the draft so far in summer league at least looked better than like Trey Young hasn't looked good. Um, he's really struggled to create space. I, I don't think I've seen him get by a, a defender once yet, though I, I may have missed uh, some of his games. Um, Sexton has looked really fast. He's done a decent job scoring, but he struggled at creating um, shots for his teammates, and he's been turning the ball over a lot. So I think it's been a really interesting summer league so far in that the guys who were not considered the top-tier point guards are, are the ones who have been really showing up. Yeah, and that, that's kind of expected somewhat. Guys that go further or go deeper in the draft normally are the ones that are seem to be more ready to play just on the based on the fact they, they play in those uh, – usually they play in a big market. Uh, Alabama, not exactly known for its basketball context, and he was taken, I think, for his upside. Same with Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta fell in love with the fact that he can shoot like Steph Curry um, until a guy named Javon Carter put the lockdown on him, and then that's – but that's a different story for a different day as a as a West Virginia Mountaineer fan. Uh, had to give Javon my, a little bit of a, a bump there. But, oh, yeah. you know, Jaron Jackson's looked good. He's looked good in summer league so far. I've As a T-Wolves fan, I'm very pleased with Okigi and uh, Bates Diop, who we drafted. Uh, DeAndre Ayton and Mo Bamba have looked better than I expected, especially Ayton. Ayton mm-hmm. looked great against uh, the Kings the other night, with uh, and Bagley had the – the good game there with the dunk he dunked over Mo Vaughn oh, yeah. and I think uh, I think he's moving back to Germany or wherever the hell he's from. <laughs> uh, it's just been it's been a wild summer league. But Harry Giles is another name that you don't hear very often, but oh, he yeah. has been showing up big in summer league. Have you got to see any Harry Giles play in the summer league? Yeah, I've gotten to see a little bit of it. Uh, mostly just highlights from him. But he was a guy who was supposed to go really high in last year's draft and. Injuries made him fall. He sat out all year, and it, it makes sense that now he's 
finally healthy, finally getting the opportunity. He's showing a little bit of that potential. And I think if you're a Kings fan, that's something to be excited about. Um, now they have two young guys. I, I mean, I'm not the biggest Marvin Bagley fan, but they have two young guys who can both kind of move their feet, can space the floor. Um, it's, it's, they're both tall, athletic guys, and it's definitely one of the more exciting things for the franchise in recent years, along with uh, Fox. Aaron Fox is really good in yeah. the game he played. So the exciting well, the Kings, for some of these franchises. The Kings, are, that, the Kings are trying to build through the draft. As Let's be honest, Sacramento's not exactly a free agent destination mm-hmm. per se. Um, they've still got Willie Cauley-Stein. They've still got, uh, I believe, Zach Randolph's still there. I'm not 100% on his contract. Yeah, they, got Buddy, they, have, they have Buddy Heald, um, who I think is underachieved in the NBA. Good player, but not what he was in college. Um, mm-hmm. Darren Fox is a great player. It's just a matter of getting all these pieces together to work. And Bagley is a big guy, but as you saw, he dunked on Wagner, but then Josh Jackson absolutely just destroyed him on a block. If you saw <laughs> the highlights of that, welcomed yep. him to the league uh, for from Phoenix. But uh, it's yeah, going to be I interesting think... in Sacramento because I don't know what they're going to do moving forward with this crazy young roster. They need a little bit of veteran help outside of Zebo. Agreed. And, and I don't know how – their young talent really fits together all that well. Unless there's, I mean, they're going to need a little more shooting, I think, on that roster uh, at some point, at least, if they're going to make it all work. Yeah, that's true. And then they, they've re, I think they re-upped Costa Kufus, uh for another year or two. So it's hard to say what's going to happen in Sacramento, but uh, free agency will kind of shift gears there. Um, Indiana has improved greatly. Obviously, the Lakers probably the most improved team in free agency. Uh, we talked earlier, uh, me and uh, Rich Lundberg had a conversation earlier. Or Rob, I believe it was Robin Lundberg, excuse me. Yes, Robin Lundberg from SI Sports Illustrated talked earlier. And um, he said Indiana outside of the Lakers would be the most improved team in free agency. Who would you say is the most improved team in free agency outside of the Lakers? Because obviously the the easy picks are the Lakers for getting LeBron and adding those players. And then Boogie Cousins goes to the Warriors. So that's kind of a – but other teams yeah. than probably those two. What would you say would be the, the with free agency so far? I would definitely agree that the Pacers had a really good summer. I thought – they or I think they've had a lot of sneakily good signings, um, which I, I – think they definitely need it. Now, with the East being a little bit more wide open, the fact that they were able to add like Kylo Quinn and Tyreek Evans, uh, it, it's definitely a good sign that they'll be able to at least compete with the 76ers and the Celtics and the Raptors for getting those uh, home court going forward. I also really like the uh, free agency of the Nets in a little bit of a more of a low-key way. They were able to Steal Ed Davis from Portland, who I think is a really undervalued big. Um, and they were able to bring back Joe Harris, their own guy, at a relatively good value. Um, and I think just the most important thing in free agency every year is just not making mistakes. Don't give out those bad contracts that are going to haunt you in a few years. And I think they've done a good job of keeping their own talent and giving out a smart contract to an undervalued player. I really like the rebuild the Nets are doing. Um 
I think they're definitely on the path to in a few years getting back to relevance after so many years of complete disarray. And, and yeah, here's the thing with Portland. People forget they were the three seed last year uh, in the playoffs. They were a good mm-hmm. team. They just happened to run into a red-hot Pelicans team. Um, one thing with them is Portland, after their draft this year, it seemed like everyone was saying McCollum is more than likely gone, maybe Lillard. Uh, but one of them is gone because of the addition of uh, Anthony Simmons in the draft. And what do you think about their um, adding Anthony Simmons? Was that just a best player available, or is it a guy they see a lot in? Or do you think McCollum or Lillard's on the move? I think Simmons is a high upside guy. He's really athletic. Um, I didn't get to watch a ton of film on him just because he wasn't in college this past year. Um, So I I think it's much more a high upside pick, but he's looked really good in summer league. He's he's held his own, um, and I think it's really important for someone, especially as young as he is, he's just 19, um, to be able to hold his own in summer league and just look solid, look good. Um, I don't think they're going to be if they're, if they're going to be moving McCollum or Lillard. I don't think it's immediately going to be for Simmons or anything or Simons. I think is how you pronounce the name. Like, sorry, I'm messing that up. Yeah, it is. Um, I think I missed. <laughs> but I mean, there are rumors recently that Lillard's unhappy, but then he said he wasn't unhappy. So I don't know. I think they're kind of a mess. Um, they're still suffering from their 2016 contracts they gave out when they they overperformed the year before after they lost Aldridge, and then they paid all their guys a lot of money, um, and they're still just kind of stuck. They don't have a ton of flexibility, but it wouldn't shock me if Lillard or McCollum's on the move. Um, I think it's more likely they try to move Parkless or Minu to get some more shooting help or something like that. Um, or try and get off like Evan Turner's contract. Um, but it, it's, they're in a tough spot too, just like the Hornets. I think they're a better team than the Hornets, but they have similar issues to where they're kind of stuck and they don't have a ton of flexibility to get better. Nor do they, outside of Simons now and Gary Trent Jr., who they drafted, has looked really good in summer league also. They just don't have a ton of room for internal improvement, I think. So they brought in Seth Curry, who missed all of last year, but was really good for the Mavericks two years ago in a in a smaller role. So there's, yeah. there's a little hope in there um, that they'll be able to uh, well, nobody really hold their own at Portland's. Portland's uh, not really known, and this is something I think that needs to change around the league, especially in perception-wise. When you talk about the draft, we always hear about, okay, the Spurs draft really well. They knew when to move up to get Kawhi Leonard. Now he's a top player. They got him at like 14 or 15. Uh, Oklahoma City obviously gets Durant. They drafted Westbrook, Harden, Ibaka, so they know how to draft. The Warriors got Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, good draft picks there. You know, the Bucks. Uh, they get Chris Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Um, but nobody talks about Portland's ability to draft. They get they get Damian Lillard out of Weber State at six, and then they get C.J. McCollum at ten out of Lehigh. And both guys have been phenomenal NBA players. They have uh, Yusuf Nurkic. They were also the team that drafted LaMarcus Aldridge. So I think teams need to realize that not only can Portland, Portland do a lot more with a lot less, especially with Terry Stotts at the helm, they draft very well and they can identify talent 
Whereas we'll look at it and say, well, Anthony Simons, that was probably a reach. When in reality, it may be exactly what the doctor ordered in Portland. So I'm I'm really just kind of looking at Portland going, they, they know better than me. I think one of the most important things for them is how much Zach Collins is able to improve from his rookie year. He struggled a lot. Um, he was a little bit. You just touched the subject. Not strong enough, I guess. You just touched the subject on the show here that uh, my co-host, who uh, is not here with me for this interview right now, he thought Zach Collins was going to be the man coming out of Arizona. Oh, I love I love Zach Collins. I don't get. I didn't. I never got the hype. I never got the hype with Zach Collins. I think he's garbage. I don't understand why everyone <laughs> loves it so much. I'm like the dude is just a more coordinated Myers Leonard, as far as I'm concerned. But it's yeah. just me. I I don't see it. Uh, but everybody else seems to. I think it's like if theoretically he gets good at the things he might be able to get good at, he's a good player, like that sort of thing. Um, and I think there's a ways to go for him to get there, but. That he has uh, a path, at least, to being a good starting center in the NBA. Though, of course, it's now really easy to find a starting center in the NBA because the league has somehow wound up flush with centers. So how valuable that is is, is a different story, I guess. And now well, that they've paid Nurkic, now they've paid sorry, Nurkic a lot of money. Yeah, yeah now that they, they've paid Nurkic a lot of money, like twelve million dollars a year, or something like that, or a little more than that. Yeah, um, it's a ridiculous amount of money for him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have gone that high for Nurkic just because he's a he's a good player, but he's very flawed in certain aspects. That uh, everyone I know who's like a Portland fan groaned a little bit when they brought him back. But I mean, I understand why they had to do it. I think they should have tried to get it on a shorter deal, uh, but. If hopefully it's movable enough. I mean, Mozgov just got traded three times so on that terrible contract. So I guess anyone can be traded. <laughs> Timothy Mozgov may be, go down in history as the man that got the most money for the least amount in history. Maybe <laughs> either him or Luol Deng. Uh, both guys got a ridiculous amount of money on a contract based on what they did when playing with better players. So I, or Joakim Noah. I mean, Noah oh, was God, really no. good at a point, but then he got $70 million after he was kind of already injured and done. Yeah. Never so. understood Never understood the hype around Noah other than on the defensive side. The dude, yeah. like, that jump shot needs taken out back and put down like old Geller. <laughs> that was the worst jump oh, yeah. shot I've ever seen. <laughs> but, it's um, not pretty. Yeah, it's not. But, Jacob, man, I'm, I appreciate you giving me some time here. Um, go ahead and let our fans know where they can find you on Twitter and all the social media sites and wherever you do any writing or anything. And uh, we hope to have you back sometime. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob E. Goldstein, all one word. Um, I, I write for Nylon Calculus mostly, as you said before. Um, and so I'll be putting out some posts, probably some preseason win projections uh, at, at the end of free agency and going into October, which is still quite a few months away. Uh, and, and the other work I mostly do is I, through my model, my wind projection model, I tweet out each signing, how it changes the wind. So you can have a little tracker for people to uh, keep an eye on it. So, All right. Well, Jacob, thanks so much. Me, man. 
No problem. Anytime. We hope to have you back really soon. And uh, anytime you want to come on, man, you're welcome. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Big thanks to Jacob Goldstein there. TR, are you still with me, buddy? Yeah, I like that guy, man. I told you, man. The Z to the A to the C. Zach, or is there an H uh, behind that? Zach Collins, man. He's coming strong yeah. next year. Well, we have a coming call. Strong. I, rec- I recognize this guy. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Uh, good evening, fellas. This is Lou from Jersey. What's up, Lou? Sweet Lou. What's going on, brother? All right. Well, so far, the Knicks don't seem to be doing any more progress in the summer league than they do in the regular season. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, Rangers has other awesome. gentlemen. Well, no, nobody got hurt or anything, did they? Because we, we've been on and we haven't paid attention to tonight. They still right. got everybody's intact, right? As far as I know. Because, like, you know, wins and losses in summer league, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, Mitchell Robinson, uh, you know, uh, wowed people in his in his uh, debut from a defensive prowess and a, just a uh, presence. And, uh, you know, he, he only had, like, eight points, uh, uh, nine rebounds or vice versa. But uh, everybody was impressed with him. And uh, Kevin Knox, of course, coast to coast on the first play of the game, dunking over everybody. He's 18 years old. What do you make of Knox? I uh, didn't think much of him until Hmm. my dumb Sixers brought him back a couple times, and then uh, it became common knowledge like the day of the draft that he was the steal of the draft, and his stock went up about 10 positions. So – I think you got if he stays injury free and, and Porzingis can get healthier quicker, you already got Ennis Canner down there and Mitchell Robinson's a badass dude, man. You got a, a lot of good big guys, man. Okay, then why would then why did he get such a cold reception at the draft when his name was announced? Oh, Here was know, my thing about that. Um, I think. I don't think he got a bad reception. I think it was just a from where they they were filming. They filmed like the one kid who didn't know who Kevin Knox probably was. Um, okay. Some people were fans of him. I don't. I don't. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't like the pick there. Um, I thought they should have went long term goal. I thought they should have went with Michael Carter or Michael Porter Jr. Shoot for the sky. Oh yeah. Sure. That was me. That was my thought. Now, I could end up being wrong, and Knox could end up being the best player to come out of the draft, and Michael Porter could end up being, you know, injury-prone and never really see a full season. Only time will tell. Knox has looked good in summer league, but if I'm looking back on him playing in college, his game left a little bit to be desired. Now, maybe he can improve. I'm not knocking the kid. He, He obviously knows what he's doing. Um, he's averaging 23 points per game in summer league with like seven rebounds. That's pretty, it's pretty damn good. Um, 18 years I'm old, brother. I'm not sold yet though. I'm not sold yet. Do I think he'll be good in the future? Sure. Do I think the Knicks should have taken him at nine? 
I'm I, I don't know. I, I I really thought the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to struggle this year, and they're going to expect Knox to come Worst in and price. show off. And he's 18 years old, and I think that pressure will get to him playing in the Big Apple where everything's scrutinized and Frank Isola is coming at him trying to crucify him. And you got a new coach, and it's a non-winning attitude in New York and has been for a while now. I don't think I think he's going to be in a, a poisonous environment, and I don't think he's going to adapt well to that. And you can look great in summer league all you want. Look at how many summer league MVPs are, have washed out. Um, uh, so only time will tell. Take uh, last so, year's for example. Yeah, there you go. That, I mean, what do you mean washed out? Lonzo <laughs> Ball, right? Yeah. The Lakers yeah, won thirty five games from Lakers won thirty five games. Lonzo missed twenty with an injury and the, the dude had several triple doubles, was always uh, n- near a double double with assistant points. I mean, come on, he wasn't a rookie of the year, but he made all rookie team. And that should have went to Donovan Mitchell. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. I mean, I'm uh, not saying Lonzo's a bad player either. Lonzo Lonzo played good. He looked great in Summer League. But, again, it's one of those things where you can't judge Summer League performance into big-time showing and playing. And Lonzo Ball's another guy that nobody really wants to deal with. He's in that situation now because of a poisonous environment. And I think that's what Knox is going to be in. He's going to have a hard time in New York, and they're going to expect him and Porzingis to lead him to prominence. And I think they should have took a risk on Porter Jr., sucked next year, got one of those, got one of those. I'm not saying tank on purpose. I'm not saying lose on purpose. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying take your chance with Porter, the most upside that you can get out of him. He was the guy on the board with the most upside at that point. Take your chance, draft him. See if he can play through that injury. If he doesn't, you're in the same place you were in. If he does and he ends up being that great player that he was and everybody thought a potential number one pick, look what you got at nine with a steal. And then you can build from there. Because the Knicks are going to suck Knicks, this year, in my opinion, uh, yeah. no matter what. No matter what they put out on the court. Well, well, that's 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 my point in, in, in general. You got an 18-year-old kid who's got amazing potential – you got a guy who didn't – he ended up going to Mitchell. He was top five coming out of high school and was going to go to Western, whichever, Michigan, Kentucky, Western Michigan, I believe. I always mix now, them I up. Did, I like the Robinson and he pick. Went, I, I said that was a went, good pick by them. I like that pick. And you got Porzingis hurt. And, and you got to remember Coach Fizz is just chill, man. He can, he can handle New York's media. Nobody's going to expect the Knicks to do shit this year. Knicks are going to be in a lottery again next year, and they got they got all them big guys, and then you get R.J. Barrett. You got a shot at with the ping pong, ping pong balls next year. All of a sudden, New York's a player again, man. Uh, Porzingis is back. Those guys got a year under their belt. Fuck Porter Jr., mm-hmm. man. That dude's that dude's dead. He's literally dead. I I, I bet uh, me, us three and Porter Jr. will see as many minutes. By the end of the year in the NBA on the NBA floor by the end of the season. Uh, one second, Lou, before you say, I know Lou, you got a response to that. Uh, if you're listening live to the show, we've got about a minute left. 
Uh, we'll carry on a little bit of our conversation here with Lou, talk a little summer league. Um, uh, you can listen to that after the show is over. You can download the show. Thank you for listening live. Thanks to our sponsors, wowfreecam.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. Make sure you guys check out all of our episodes on blogtalkradio.com slash jump. All right, Lou, go ahead. All right, well, because in response to that, because when, when I was watching the um, the draft uh, a while ago, and when I heard the reaction, you know, they did not take it too kindly to Knox coming over to uh, New York. It was like a big thumbs down, like, oh, this is all we need. As the Knicks have been bad enough for the last 15 or the last 18 years, we need to go from bad to worse. Ugh. Nah, man, I, I mean... I lived in Philly well, with a with a, with a guy that purposely lost. You got David Fisdale there, who everybody respects. Oh yeah. And nobody well, remember, thinks the Knicks are going to do anything. Well, remember the Knicks also. Uh, <laughs> the Knicks also got Porzingis booed out of the yeah, uh, yeah out of the building, and now they love him. So I mean, so what do you kinda, think those going to end up though? Houston wants Who? him. Houston's Who? Mello. Mello. Oh, yeah. Take his old ass Houston. somewhere. Houston wants him. I don't think he'll make them better. I think he'll make them worse. Miami has interviewed with him. Uh, he'd fit better in Miami than he would in Houston, but that's just me. But he ain't going to win no title in Miami. If he goes to Houston, they no. have an outside chance. I don't know, but um, who are some guys, I'll ask you both, who are some guys that you guys, I know I haven't been able to keep up too close with it, but Summer League, who are some guys that are impressing you you two guys that maybe you weren't expecting or some guys that have been disappointing that you thought would be really good in Summer League? TR, mm-hmm. what do you think? Oh, would you say me? I'm going to I'm gonna shock yeah. you, Nate. I'm going to shock you in that Okay. because – one of your interviews earlier um, brought up, you know, the posterized moment of Bagley with Mo Wagner. But Mo Wagner, mm. if you look at what he's done other than that one play, has been a bad dude, man. He's been 14 and 14, and, uh, you know, he's double-double machine in the summer league. And he's kicking ass. And uh, as far as Aiton goes, you know, I'm not – I don't like Aiton. Uh I see why people do because of his physical stature. He's going to get bullshit-ass numbers this year. He's going to get maybe 20, I doubt, probably 18 and 10. And But he has – it's either he doesn't play defense well or he's a pussy, one of the two. And he's a sure, on the offense – on the offensive end, he'll put up the 18 and 10 or 20 and 10 or whatever, 20 and 12. But they're still going to lose because who he's defending is going to put up 30 and 30, or I'm exaggerating, 30 and 15. And, uh, you know, he, Embiid will walk over him. Cat won't, you know, Cat is not necessarily a guy that's going to beat him up, but he'll outplay him. You know, uh, Anthony Davis, my God, he's going to crush him. You know, you can't. Uh, come on. Well, uh, uh, that's 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 all off the top of my head. What about you, Lou? 
I've heard a lot of talk about uh, Wagner, you know, when he was from his college days, and uh, he's not one to uh, take very lightly. So I, I keep my eye on him. Bagley's yeah, uh, injured, so that could be um, that could be a problem. I guess I'm the only yeah. guy that's not buying the Mo Wagner hype. I think Mo Wagner's too slow to really produce in the NBA. Uh, he's tall. He's a good rim protector, I suppose, on defense, but and he he has a decent offensive game. But I don't think his game is going to translate well to the NBA. Now, again, this is summer league. This is just my opinion, of course. Um, I think Mo Wagner is a good college player, and that's about the extent of it. I don't think you're going to see much out of him this year. I really don't. I don't care for him for an NBA player. Now, if we were playing college, yeah, I'd pick him right now. Uh, he just fits the college game very well. Um, so I don't know. He can stretch the floor somewhat, but I don't know. I just I just think he's too slow and can't get by anybody like he did in college. He doesn't have that. He's a big dude, but he wasn't. The team, a lot of the teams he played didn't have guys as big as him. And he, to me, he's going to be another Tyler Hansborough. He's going to shine in college, and then in the NBA, he's just going to vanish. Ah. I got to retort that. He's going to be on the court with LeBron James, uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Um, who the hell else they got now? Um, you know, they got Rondo, but they got, you Lance know, Rondo. Lance Stevenson, Rondo. Rondo will be behind uh, the ball, most likely, unless it's meniscus is fucked up. JaVale or McGee? Whatever, but. No, uh, he'll start over Javale, I believe. Um, I don't think he will. And all the, I do, and all the attention will be on, of course, the king, and the king likes to pass, and Lonzo likes to pass. Ingram likes to score, but I mean, he's gonna he's gonna put up some numbers. He, like not, he, I, don't get me wrong, don't get it twisted. He's not gonna be rookie of the year or nothing. But he's going to have respectable numbers in a lot of minutes, I believe. I'm going to argue with you on that. I, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you on that because I think he's going to go there. And here's here's a question for you. Here here's the million dollar question: How many big guys? How many seven footers has LeBron James made better? LeBron James is a facilitator. He's the guy that's going to bring the ball up the court. He's not going to stand in the corner and wait for Lonzo Ball to pass to him. Lonzo Ball's not a pure offensive scorer. He's not a shooter. He's a create-your-own-shot kind of guy. How many big guys has LeBron James in his career made that much better? Every big guy that has played with LeBron James since the beginning, their numbers have went way down since playing with him. Kevin Love's numbers went down. Chris Bosch's numbers went down. Now, granted, they weren't the number one option anymore, but Mo Wagner, a young guy, is not going to get those looks. Tristan Thompson, his numbers were not that great. He's a good player because of the offensive rebounding perspective and the fact that he can get underneath and do dirty work. But in terms of putting up numbers, Mo Wagner, if he starts with LeBron James, LeBron James is only going to pass to him when LeBron drives to the basket and does a handoff. And we both know LeBron is not been dribbling to the basket as much as he used to. He'd rather find a guy out on the three-point line, or he'd rather settle for a jump shot. That's what he's been doing a lot as of late. I don't think Wagner's going to get a lot of looks with LeBron. Maybe with Lonzo, but not with LeBron. 
I tend to disagree because if he wanted to play the style that he had been playing for the previous 15 years, he'd have went somewhere where the, where the stars were and not the young bucks. So, I mean, it remains to be seen, and it's still uh, several months away. But At least we disagree um, on something for once. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's this year's Zach Collins deal, I guess. But you, you got Wendell Carter Jr. could come into play every night. You got a lot of good young players. You even, that goddamn Grayson Allen's even playing good. Yeah, in summer league he has been. What do you think, Lou? Uh, we uh, repeat the question. <laughs> I was wondering if you had a comment for anything that we just said. About Mo Wagner uh, or Grayson you know, Allen, anybody like oh, that, any young oh, guys. Forget him. <laughs> forget Troublemaker. <laughs> I, I mean, like he, is, he is a troublemaker. Yeah. He's playing with Dennis Rodman. No, thank you. Ugh. He's been putting uh, on I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't give him that much talent. <laughs> I'd give, what I'd give the second coming – I give him the second coming of a more pussiest Bill Lambeer. If it wasn't uh, for that, right, who's a bigger pussy then, Bill Lambeer or, or Grayson Allen? Definitely Grayson Allen, Allen not Bill Lambeer. Thank Bill Lambeer is a man. <laughs> right. But if it wasn't for that stupid face of his, he looks like a seventh grader, man. He's got a, he's got a big body, and you don't get the Duke. Uh, by be by sucking, you know what I mean, um, right? And you don't get picked, and you don't get picked twenty first overall by sucking. And then he comes out and he, he scores, you know, sixteen, seventeen points every time he's playing, and he's rebounding eight and dishing six or seven or vice versa. I mean, he's still a douche. I, that, that I'm not dis- <laughs> that I'm not disputing, but. Uh. But, but apparently, uh, if you took off that stupid baby face of his, maybe maybe he's got some uh, some balls behind him. I don't know, man. Mm. His body's developed. He's developing you know, physically. It's just that face. He looks like he's in fifth grade. Okay, is he smarter than a fifth grader, though? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jeff Foxworthy reference. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> I love Jeff Fox. I had to do it. Had to do it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, we are actually over time. We are over time right now, about 10 minutes. So we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up. Lou, thank you so much wait, for jumping wait, on. Wait, Sorry, wait, 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 My pleasure. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, go uh, ahead. The last, the last gentleman, uh, Jacob Goldstein, was it? Yes. He mentioned uh, um, the Rockets, which I totally forgot because I just saw the highlights. Uh, yesterday, I think Melton mm-hmm. has been yeah. a bad mofo from three. Man, he he might be like I forgot all about him when we were talking about the Rockets losing people. He's mistaken yeah. from three, man. Uh, he might yeah, that's nice just what they need, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. I mean, if you can shoot threes, you got a place in the Houston organization. Have you done? Then what do you got? Uh, what was that? If, if you, you don't, don't if, if you, you can't, can't shoot threes, then what do you got? Nothing. 
Yeah, probably a Sixers organization. You can't shoot from ten feet. <laughs> Here, we'd welcome you in Minnesota if you can't knock down a three. We are the worst three-point shooting team in the world. But uh, <laughs> is that so? Lou, thanks for calling in. Sure. Lou, thank you for calling in. We're gonna wrap up the yeah. show here. Uh, give us All a call right. back. Uh, we'll be we'll be back on next week. We'll be doing doing our thing on Sunday as well. So uh, hope to hear from you. What time? Oh God, I just remembered something Sunday. So um, I'm not sure. We may have to uh, we may have to move our Sunday thing to Monday. Uh, it may be Monday night. I'll, we'll talk it over. But of this, uh, I know uh, Sunday more, of this week only, correct? Yes, just this week. Okay, okay. And it's because and it'll uh, be probably by the fall. Because uh, in the fall, I have uh, other commitments to Monday night. Okay. All right. Yeah, it'll, it'll, just be, it'll, it'll, probably, it'll probably All be right. music part two. All right. I'm up for that. So, uh, cool. Yeah. All right. All well, right, thank you, Lou. We'll look forward talk, to hearing I'll from you, you again. Sunday or Monday, whatever the case may be. All right. Take it easy, Lou. Sure. We want to thank everybody for calling in this evening and our guests. Uh, Robin Lundberg and Jacob Goldstein, thank you guys. And TR, it's good to hear from you again, brother. It's been a little bit. Glad that we could get together and do this again, our 36th episode. Thank you guys for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, wowfreecam.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. We also want to encourage you to download this episode, whether it be on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, Flash FM, iHeartRadio or anywhere you find podcasts. We're also available on the All Pro Nation Radio Network. You can download us from over there. Big thanks to everyone for checking us out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump or on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump. We have a Facebook group on Facebook, but you have to be approved to be added. Hit one of us up on the Twitter page or on Instagram or anywhere, and we'll try and add you on the Facebook page if you want in on our group, our group on Facebook. Uh, follow TR at TR Shock. You can follow me at MMITM Nathan. Thanks to everybody for listening in. Big shout out to Bobby Blaze and the Bell to Bell podcast. He's been putting us over like a madman lately. So thank you, Bobby. Check out Bobby Blaze, the Bell to Bell podcast, anywhere you can find podcasts. TR, anything you want to add? Yeah, man. Get the get the tag them guys that were all Jacob and um um help me. Robin he's most he, he's Robin. Yes, Robin Lundberg. Uh, yeah, get that up on social media so I can retweet the shit out of that. I will. Thank you guys for listening uh, in. For TR, this is Nate. Tell everybody have a good night. TR, send us home. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. 
Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump.